It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 83 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. On Saturday, we went to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and the reason I bring it up is is because it just might be the first time we've seen a Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No Tales trailer in the theaters. I think you're right. On the big screen, right? Yeah. We saw it in all its swashbuckler glory. No, though. What the hell? We sit through a hundred trailers in this Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy movie, and then when the Pirates of the Caribbean trailer comes up, it's an itty freaking bitty one that was really promoting their XD theater experience. Yeah. Damn you, Century Theaters in Napa. (laughs) How dare you guys? I mean, the famous Pirates of the Caribbean Minute host were there in the theater, and you dare shove it to us, (laughs) them dirty bilge rats, with just an itty-bitty thing. I mean, we have this giant screen, the best sound, and you hit us with a trailer maybe 20 seconds, or less actually, that is really promoting that theater. It made you want to go see Pirates in that theater, though, didn't it? It kind of did, yeah. Yeah. It was disappointing because we're seeing all these other trailers. Star Wars, there's The Mummy, and then I forgot all the other ones that were there. There were about 20 of them. Just a ton of them. But man, I tell you. Pirates of the Caribbean comes up, and it's nothing. Just a tiny bit of one. I was really hoping for actually one with some cool Johnny Cash music that was going on. And it would have just been blasting, the sound... Seeing the pirate ship action happening, but no, we just got totally screwed on that deal. Man, that was a bummer letdown. I did grab a pic of the floor display poster, so I'm definitely getting that pirate's life for me feeling. You know that, you've got that pirate feeling. (laughs) I'm not going to sing for you guys. Hey, just calm down. I know all the fans want me to sing again, and I am still getting fan mail for that. For That's, singing? Yeah, for that singing debut. You're getting fan mail? In, are you are in you my singing, own mind actually? Sing it to yourself. Arr! How dare you? Walk the plank. Banjo's sending it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I sent I have about a thousand different email addresses and I just send myself <laughs> fan mail. But back to actual reality here. Guardians was actually a fun movie with some pirate tie-in, and that's why I really was kind of thinking about it. Well, maybe space pirates or ravagers, whatever you want to call it. But Space pirates. The moral to the story is Pirates of the Caribbean 5 will be here before we know it. And I could really use that giant poster display for the studio. I'm not sure it fit. I could just see it. While I sit here imagining a giant skull sitting behind Heather, that way I could really look at it. Or maybe looming giant skull right behind Heather. All Just the, the connotations of a curse behind her just fires me up. Or maybe it's a big giant head. Anyways, let's get rolling. In the previous minute, Captain Jack Sparrow changes his tactic, appealing directly to the eye of Captain Barbosa, that how about he just skip on over to the Interceptor and negotiate the return of the medallion. 
The eye, after all, is the window to a cursed, blackened, greedy little soul. Barbosa decides why go through all the hassle to nestle up to a fleeing ship, break out the buoys, rope the cleats, and then engage the motley crew in a healthy discussion? Well, it's just easier to kill them all. Meanwhile, Elizabeth Swan sees the looming pearl, checks her Rolodex of nautical escape strategies, and pulls the light in the ship and the sail the shoals maneuver, giving Anna Marie and the Interceptor a chance for freedom. Minute 83 begins with Gibbs finishing his line with, Lose? See that it's lost. We immediately cut to Jack being escorted to the brig by Bosun. With a grunt and a push, he's locked in one of the Black Pearl's cells. Lucky for him, a hole in the hole provides an opportunity to peer into the ocean and witness barrels and other discarded items drifting by. We see the Interceptor leaving a trail of flotsam in her wake. The minute ends with the motley crew throwing items overboard as Will Turner climbs on the rigging to see oars popping out the side of the Black Pearl. <laughs> exactly. It's getting tense out there, and the one thing that really caught my eye in this minute is the hoisting of the Jolly Roger. Okay. Amidst all this pending action, the crew of the Black Pearl raises the skull and crossbones, and I just thought that was pretty cool. They're in battle. They're not in battle yet, but they're, they're in pursuit. Yeah. And that's why I thought it was just war. pretty cool. Yeah, so it I thought it was pretty just cool, pretty cool actually. to see them do that. Because this is the first time, actually, in this show we've seen a Jolly Roger. No. We saw the very first one. With the Dauntless, when she, when a young Elizabeth sees the Dauntless, oh, or you're when right. sees the Black Pearl right. slipping away I was into wrong. the fog. I completely forgot about but that. But this first is the first time minutes. we see that it actually raises up and we get a real good shot, not just a glimpse of it. I yeah. Think. Yeah. In no way that this is a ring theory or anything like that, but simply the recognition of a pattern. Because after all, we are humans and we look for patterns. I don't. Well, and links. But contrary to what Heather routinely claims, I am not a robot. So my programming oh, actually prevents is. me from recognizing that reality. He is a robot. <laughs> I'm not a robot. And I just told you that my programming prevents that from happening. So I can't even tell if, even if it was true. So I'm, where I'm heading with all this is that we have the Curse of the Black Pearl focusing on raising the black flag, at least in this one particular minute. And then in at least one of the trailers for Dead Men Tell No Tales... We see a burning skull and crossbones falling down. And it's kind of the exact opposite thing. We got the raising and then the dropping. And the tagline for the upcoming Pirates of the Caribbean 5 movie is the final adventure begins. So it's just, I think, a fancy way of saying end, obviously, that they're coming to an end. Supposedly, at least with this crew. When I say like Jack Sparrow kind of characters. But like I said, there's, I mean, there's no real connection and I'm not really trying to draw any real links to the things and the movies. Like I said, it's not like some kind of ring theory or anything like that. Except that I am drawing a kind of one-off pattern, which I thought was interesting between the films and the franchise without actually any movie context. So I'm not even making any context because I don't know where that flag is raising or lowering from or not or is falling and burning. From. Right. But I do see some Curse of the Black Pearl symbolism with the raising of the flag in regard to the characters. But I just thought it was interesting that we have the first movie in this series with the raising of the black flag here. And then the upcoming movie where they're talking about the adventure's ending or mm-hmm. the beginning of the end for the adventure, kind of that kind of deal. And we see the black flag falling. Right. Like I said, there's no context for what that was actually happening in the movie. I just thought it was kind of an interesting play on what's going on, especially since we're talking about Curse of the Black Pearl and the Dead Men Tell No Tales is coming out as the new one. So just some interesting tidbits, if you will. Which actually means nothing for the movie, so I don't even know why I brought it up now. Because it's, it's an interesting tip. Just a random thought in my head about Pirates of the Caribbean, and now it's out there. It's like an escape. And maybe that proves that I'm not a robot, because a robot would have 
really looked at that comment and said, this has no bearing on the show or Curse of the Black Pearl here, so why even bring it up? It's really sad you're trying to prove you're not a robot. I'm not a robot! (laughs) (laughs) Now, getting back to where I was actually going for Curse of the Black Pearl is I do see some symbolism with raising the flag in regards to our characters here. So we talked about how Terry and Ted said there are three things to becoming a pirate, and one of those was to make a black flag. We didn't say it this time. We said it in a previous episode. We were talking about Will Turner becoming a pirate. Right. Well, we don't get the making of the flag exactly, but we do get a raising of the flag. And I thought that was kind of interesting to signify that obvious. Well, first of all, it signifies that the Black Pearl is a pirate ship. But more subtly, I think it's kind of this look and interesting take on Barbosa is on his way to being reborn as an uncursed pirate. An uncursed pirate. A non-cursed pirate. Not cursed pirate. Whatever the hell that word would be. (laughs) Barbosa is becoming a regular pirate again. Just a dirty, filthy scoundrel of the sea. Will Turner is definitely on the road to becoming a pirate and gaining that maritime experience where he's on the interceptor here. And so is Elizabeth. Well, you just really just jumped on that, didn't you? She's helping actually navigate. How dare you? Maybe she's a navigator. How dare you steal my stuff? (laughs) How dare you? Yeah. Yeah. Now Elizabeth is, now see, it's like wah, wah, wah. Well, Elizabeth is venturing down the pirate road now. It's not my notes in front of me, it's yours. Quit stealing my notes. I mean, she is proposing sailing strategy on the pirate ship. So I just thought that was interesting that, you know, maybe this whole pirate ship raising the flag, everybody's kind of getting their experiences here down. And Barbosa's becoming a pirate. Anna Maria's got a... New ship that's not quite hers yet until she finishes the mission. Everybody's getting their pirate stamp. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're all at Disneyland going in and getting their little stamp to go into the ride and to come out and all that stuff. But of course, there's also that true to life intimidation factor that we've talked about frequently on the show. And we've presented historical information on previous episodes about that when they raised the pirate flag. That whole idea that the Jolly Roger. People saw it, they would hopefully back down and not really put up a big fight. So nobody would really try and lose their lives, at least on the pirate side. Yeah, but they're both pirates. Well, that's the thing. Here, the factor is a multiple of factors greater than just, say, pursuing a pirate ship or that the Interceptor was not. Because look at what's chasing these guys. It's immortal skeleton pirates. I'm not sure the Motley crew knows all the details about that, but Elizabeth certainly does. And when she sees that skull and crossbones come up, she goes, that's not just a symbol. That's freaking reality coming here. (laughs) There's no killing these guys. They just put their heads back on. See, they didn't have photos back then, so they did paintings and drawings and that kind of stuff, right? She's looking at that going, boy, that really does look like Barbosa. (laughs) Barbosa's coming. Barbosa's coming. So that's really what it is. She just sees basically a, a photograph. On on the flag up there. And she knows trouble's coming. She doesn't care to meet the skeleton crew again. No, she doesn't. She's probably thinking all pirates are skeletons now. Yeah. Like, I really got this wrong. Like, Will, we need to keep you in the sunlight at all times. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. I think that there's just really some kind of interesting... You could take that raising the Jolly Roger any way you want with some of that. But I just thought I'd point out a few of those deals. We have Will climbing up the rigging. If we can kind of get away from... What? You have something? No. We have Will climbing up the rigging to observe the approaching Black Pearl. There's a debris trail, the high sea setting. It really just reminded me of Errol Flynn and Captain Blood for some reason. It's this dashing swashbuckler hero type attempting to save the day, driven to save Elizabeth. 
the woman he lusts, I mean loves. You know, it's such a throwback to classic pirate movies. Kind of a nod to those films, but not like in a cliche or formulaic way. It's like it is what it is. It's an adventure. And that's what we're seeing here. Because he's all decked out in his his cool little skibbies. <laughs> Aren't those undies? I don't know. Is he in his undies? <laughs> yeah, they are undies. Poor Will. What am I imagining Will in his undies? Damn it! He's got that neat little scarf on and he's in his undies up on the rigging. I think that's like a whole... What is that? Like a polo? Polo for men. (laughs) That's what it is. Damn it! We need to get Ralph Lauren to advertise on this show. And what the hell am I doing? Thinking about Will in his underwear. I have no clue. I think there's probably a lot of people that think about Will in his underwear. You're one of them? Apparently I am because I said skibbies and it wasn't even meant. Obviously my programming needs to be updated. Damn it to hell. (laughs) There's breaches. There's breaches. Did you say boxer briefs? (laughs) No. Oh, it's tidy whities Oh, oh, oh. where am I? Oh, man, I'm never going to live this down. It's got to be the title of the episode, Will and his tidy whities (laughs) So that's just what it caught me. It caught me as old school pirate movie when he actually did that. And you could actually just see like him being replaced by Errol Flynn doing that. Heather has probably never seen it. She doesn't even know who Errol Flynn is. I think he's some blonde guy. I don't know. <laughs> We're not even going to go there. And since Will is then looking at the Black Pearl coming towards them, coming upon them, I thought I'd share a passage from The Golden Age of Piracy by Benerson Little as it really does relate to the pearl chasing down the interceptor. And it's just really short, so bear with me, everybody. Gotta have a little history. We had Shakespeare the other day. Figured you have to have a little history today. And he states that chases were often in all-day affairs. The Spanish captain would have longed for nightfall, for this was his best chance of escape. He would have given orders to the crew that there would be no lights after dusk. He would alter the course, try not to run aground on the many coral reefs in the Caribbean, and eventually return to his original course. And it goes on from there, and there really are some interesting kind of conjecture on the plausible scenarios on this kind of epic sea battle thing that might happen, which I may share a bit more, but I thought I would just kind of give that quick tidbit, because I didn't really want to read the whole thing, then we'd just be sitting here, be like a book on tape deal going on. But we didn't want to do that. But if we have more cannons ablazing this week, then I will definitely share some more actual interesting facts on kind of what epic sea battles were actually like versus what the Hollywood myth shows. I just thought it was interesting because we have our Elizabeth and Gibbs and Anna Maria trying to come up with strategies to evade the Black Pearl Uh catching up to them. And then this was actually talking about how these chases would actually go on all day long, tacking and trying to get away from each other and avoid the pitfalls just of general of the ocean, but then also trying to use what they could like nightfall cover to be able to escape and get the hell out of there well that's kind of like master and commander they had that ship following them and then the ship would disappear and they think that oh they went away yeah and then it would come they'd see it again and they seen it on the other side of the was it an island or an atoll or uh well they did do the one thing when they they actually did a fake. They they mimic. Oh, yeah. They mimic the lanterns or the the lights on the back of the ship. Yeah. And then they set those adrift, and then that could go into a different area. And then they douse their lights kind of at the same time as they took the canvas off their makeshift lamps there. Right. And they were able to kind of sneak away and get behind the ship. Yeah. So it's kind of that same type of 
lasting yeah, the same type of look. lasting quite a while rather that's than that's right yeah because the master and commander and... is really kind of that take on the pursuit it just wasn't there they go we race up yeah. to them boom we caught up to them done this is a whole day thing trying to catch up and even longer to try and catch up to these people if they are really fleeing and that's why we see the pearl you know when i mentioned that the oars pop out yeah you know, they're gonna release the sweeps because they're gonna try and then get that extra speed that they have which they have to because we didn't really talk about it in the previous minutes but you really do get a nice close-up of barbosa in yesterday's minute yeah with their sails there and he throws that apple those sails are so yeah <laughs> it is incredible so that's why they need the oars for sure I didn't want to talk about the sails because I had already disparaged Elizabeth and her strategy as a sailor. Yeah, but that just goes into the Black Pearl being something that's not natural. If that's it could right. sail with those sails it yeah, has. Yeah, and I have a note that I'll bring up, I think, in the next minute or so because it, it we see a good shot of that. And, that. and that talks just about that unnatural look the unnatural, or unnatural fog yeah exactly thanks for bringing that up you destroyer of things oh my god you know it's a that, teaser for tomorrow what, what did you what did you say did you say you wanted to hear more about the monkey captain hypothesis yeah hot damn back by popular demand by a vote of one from myself is more evidence for the monkey captain hypothesis and hey out there i mean i didn't ask for size and groans all you non-believers, I urge you to really check out Minute 83. Here you can clearly see the monkey giving orders. So picture it, everyone. The monkey is in front of Barbosa and he screeches, okay? This is when they're looking at the interceptor. Just after the monkey's vocalizations, Barbosa then yells, Haul on the main brace, make ready the guns. Now clearly the monkey has just said that. We just couldn't understand them. And is then Barbosa screeches? repeated it for the crew. Yes. It's like an R2-D2 C-3PO thing going on there. Exactly. Barbosa is the only one that understands the monkey. I know. It's an irrefutable piece of evidence, if I do say so myself. It's like Rocket and Groot. That, oh, another perfect on-target example. Rocket and Groot. Yes, where Rocket's the only one that The monkey's saying, Groot. I am Groot, and then Rocket Raccoon is just getting the, like, hey, this is what he said. He says, you know, get the guns ready. Exactly. Make ready the guns. See, it's the same thing. And that's why I'm saying the monkey is in charge. I think this the is a secret captain. plot. And it's not impossible. This is a Disney movie. Disney is famous for talking animals. <laughs> animals that have this anthropomorphic sense of understanding and ability to captain ships and things. This is not new to Disney. I think this is it. I'm really onto something here with this monkey hypothesis. I may change the internet. Change the internet? Yeah, I'm going to change the whole internet with this thing. <laughs> How would you go about doing that? How dare you question me? <laughs> That's with all I have. the monkey in charge? Yeah, the monkey is in charge. Wait a second. I'm in charge. That'd be me. <laughs> That's weird. Okay, we'll leave it at I that. I knew I seen a tail. It's <laughs> because I was in my tidy whitey skivvies. <laughs> I was dressed up as Will. She came home early and saw me doing that. Never mind. Ah! <laughs> we can get away from the tidy whitey underwear monkey hypothesis. We have Jack. And this is kind of actually stepping back a little bit. But Jack finds himself in the brig. So really? I yeah. You can talk about that when we were there? No, I'm going to talk about the brig now. I'm all over the place today. You are. Who can follow this thing? I actually thought you could follow it. Because as your mind works like a butterfly, there's just these random Well, flaps. I can follow it. Well, then okay then. 
Jack finds himself in the brig, so I figured I was on this golden age of piracy history kick a little bit earlier. And so why not briefly talk about the brig? And I think I promised that we were just going to have that one little tidbit of history. But now, yeah, we're going to talk about brigs. So now if we go all the way back to the very first ship, and this won't take more than 30 minutes. I'm <laughs> just kidding. We won't do that. A brig is a United States military prison aboard a United States Navy or Coast Guard vessel or at an American Naval or Marine Corps base. The term derives from the Navy's historical use of its twin-mass sailing ships, or brigs, as prison ships. After a little more research, the naval term brig, meaning jail, was first recorded in 1852 and comes from the colloquial shortening of brigantine in 1720. And brigantines were used as prison ships upon retiring from active duty, so they just kind of doubled as nice floating prisons. Good place for a vacation. Seriously? Yeah. Prison ship. Actually, floating prisons, yeah. More in-depth from the early 1700s, because we're just going to keep going layer down. I'm just going to keep pulling the onion, just giving you a tidbit, and then I'm going to reveal more, and then we're just going to keep layering down until this thing is just, like I said, 30 minutes long. Okay, not really. But more in-depth, from the early 1700s, the British regularly used non-seaworthy ships as prisons. It's estimated that more Americans died from neglect aboard British prison ships, such as the HMS Jersey, during the American War for Independence, than actual combat. Now, I didn't really get into that. That's just one source, so I didn't really double-check that, so my bad. But the smaller brigantine ship was being rapidly replaced in the British fleet, and the older boats were often repurposed before eventually being destroyed. So That's this, interesting. Yeah, and so this term actually caught on in America, where the brigantine ship became associated with a prison barge, with the word shortened to brig, to refer to prisons in general and military holding cells in particular. So this leads me to the question... If 18th century ships, specifically pirate ships, for instance, like the Black Pearl, would actually have a jail or brig on them? Yes. Yes, as they would, or yes, yeah, it's they a good would. Question. Well, they would have a jail on them. Why? To to keep their captives. Well, I don't know about that, and just from the information I was looking, because I it sounded okay and it just seemed right. Yeah. But they also, like I just said, the first time that the word brig was actually used. And recorded being used was in 1852. We're in the mid-1700s here. So they weren't even calling jails brigs, actually, from what I read. Right? So we don't even have that. But I would think it would be fairly unusual and would be more about taking prisoners to the hold. If you think about what you hear in other yeah. pirate movies, there they would be chained or gangplanked. And this is obviously where a real expert could help us out. You know, if like Adam was here or we can get some of the other people on to they actually could answer some of these questions probably for us. But in other movies, you don't hear them say, take them to the brig usually. When older ships, they say, take them to the hold. Right? Mm-hmm. You've heard that term. Yeah. And so I'm not sure that they would actually say, take them to the brig. I mean, it's something like we see in Black Sails when the Spanish are taking the pirates back, remember? Yeah. They're below deck, in the hold, all chained together. Right. Prison, yes, in a way, but formal jail cell, I don't think it was. Well, would they have cages? No, that's what I'm saying. They were I just mean, cages for like animals. I don't think so. Because they had animals with them. Yeah, but they didn't put them in cages, though, I don't think. They like just let that. them wander around the ship? <laughs> well, Disney movie, possibly, because they were captaining the ship, as we just talked about. That's a good question. I don't know how the animals were kept. Okay. But it was maybe it was used as... Why wouldn't they call them, take them to the sty or to the animal hold? I don't know. Well... The- I think you're getting a bit technical here. Although we're in a technical conversation, so maybe that's a wrong... Okay, go ahead. I don't know. I mean, if anybody knows or has details, feel free to post in our Facebook listeners group. 
because they'd be I'd be interested to find out and know. It just doesn't seem that Briggs were common at the time, right? But well, they I know that they were taken to the hold, and then they could just chain them down there, and which would be you know, and then they could hold a lot more if necessary. And I don't know how many times they were actually holding prisoners, unless it was actually a prison ship. But I did, and I. I did do a couple of quick looks for some schematics or plans of old ships just to see if I could identify a brig or jail cell in there. And I didn't. But that obviously doesn't mean that they didn't exist. And obviously this is a black, well, the Black Pearl is a pirate ship and it was Jack's pirate ship. So maybe it was specially outfitted with them. I don't know. But definitely the term seems that it would predate when it was actually used. Uh, But... As far as actually having a brig on board or actual cells, that might be another thing. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, maybe some did, and it just wasn't common. I don't really know, but I thought that would be kind of interesting to find out. So if anybody does know, they can always hit us up with that. But that was based on my limited research. I didn't really see that it was something overt and available on most ships. Right. At least at the time. Okay. Because you kind of imagine, I mean, they could just chain them down in the hold. Right. And that would be it. And then they wouldn't have to waste valuable space. For potentially empty cells when they because the hold would also be for you know for supplies and it would be for cargo and whatever else you right. know, if you have a a brig or cells like that it's just taking up space it could be used for all kinds of other things but maybe it was used in different ways maybe it wasn't a formal brig kind of area i don't know so there we go very interesting that is all i have oh that's prison all. ships wow yeah that's it for today yeah i'm ending on a history note wow you haven't done that in a while, actually. It's kind of cool. I know I haven't. So I was letting people down. We got way too far on the euphemism things and having fun talking about the episodes. And then this one actually just brought up some things that I was interested in learning about as far as the historical aspects. And so I thought I'd bring those back. And I have a few more things to share. But I'm trying to do a balance of kind of the entertainment and then the history and just having fun. So Awesome. There we go. We always have fun. <laughs> so there's not like a... Well, you always have fun. I feel like a beaten dog sometimes. Really? (laughs) So do you have anything else? Nope. That's all I have for today. I see. We get on out of here. Okay. We'll be back tomorrow with Minute 84, The Curse of the Black Pearl, on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. Goodbye, pimple. What's that, Banjo? Heather's been drinking at the Faithful Bride Tavern? Take me to her, buddy. Blimey! Passed out in the mud with the pigs? Again? This sty is your second home. Heather, wake up! The show's done and you're supposed to tell everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. Banjo, get me a bucket. Hey, Scallywags, while Banjo's getting some water to wake up Heather, it's time I say thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook and Twitter. If you're interested in our best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are at blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy.